0: This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at NerdyLegion.com. Enjoy the show!
1: It's time for VCP, the Valiant Century Podcast, episode 124. And as promised, this is the second episode for the week. The Road to Harbinger Wars 2 panel from C2E2 this past weekend. There's some pretty good information. We got to uh, learn some new stuff that we hadn't heard before at the summit. But uh, if you did watch the summit, uh, a lot of the information that is given here is kind of a little bit of a repeat from that. But again, there is new information. The creators were there. Daniel Kibblesmith, Elliot Rahal, uh, Jody Hauser, uh, and a few others. So I hope you enjoy this panel. Uh, We are going to be having a contest announcement next week. And uh, don't forget, Friday, I will be releasing my interview with uh, Dinesh Shandasani. Uh, that we did at C2E2 as well. So I hope you're looking forward to that. You can, uh, of course, find us all on Twitter, at Who's Paul, at GeekFund, at Valiant underscore central. And uh, we'll catch you on Friday. Enjoy. I'm the Vice
2: President of Marketing and Communications at Valiant. It is my pleasure to welcome you to Valiant, the road to Harbinger Wars 2. <laughs> An exciting lineup uh, of... I to be covering with you today, and some very special guests. But before we get started, let me introduce my friend and colleague from Valiant, Mr. Josh Johns, Director of Digital Media. So Josh, we had a pretty big thing happen earlier this week. We were in Los Angeles for the third annual Valiant Summit. Maybe any
0: of you guys pick up that, that live stream? Okay, great. So... What were we doing for Valiant Summit? And, uh, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as many of you saw, um, and you can re-watch it on YouTube with the Hyper RPG or on Hyper RPG's page, uh, we had an amazing live event, our third annual Valiant Summit. And really, you know, that's our opportunity to lay out an entire year's worth of books and, and to let you guys know all the things we're working on behind the scenes of Valiant, especially in publishing and with some... Always oh, something to take surprises along the way. Yep, so we essentially outlined every major release that we're gonna be having
2: from March, which began with EXO Man War through the end of the year. We're gonna fill you in on a lot of those books today. But before we begin, I think it's important to note that as you can see from our before you by Felipe Mazafara, that we unveiled an initiative that we're calling icons. And essentially this is about bringing a lot of our biggest, most demanding characters back to the forefront of the Valiant Universe in a big, impactful way. You guys have been paying attention to what we did with EXO Man War over the past several months. Leading to the launch of that book. Um, you know that we put all of Valiant's creative firepower behind it, and over the course of the coming months, you're going to be seeing similar moves for characters including Faith, Bloodshot, Shadow Man, and Toyo Barada in Harbinger Wars 2. So we have a lot of exciting stuff uh, to cover, but as you guys know, x Man War just takes shelves. Does anyone pick up x Man War number one? <laughs> That this is the most successful independent comic book of the year from any publisher. So, thank you to everyone who helped make this book a success. We appreciate it, guys. And um, a big milestone for, for Valiant. We,
0: uh, we couldn't be more proud of this book in the office. Uh, Tomas Giorello and Matt Kinn have just absolutely killed it on this. Um, it takes a lot of what made Robert and Diddy's historic 56 you know, issue run and builds even on top of that. Uh, taking Exo Man War and all the themes that you guys love from the comic book, but into radically different new places, new destinations, vast alien worlds, civil war wars going on in different planets. I mean this is an epic war tale uh, told beautifully by this creative team and uh, we're so proud of it internally and then this is going to be uh, for years to come. A, a highlight book for the now universe. So, issue number two is on shelves next week and for those of you who don't know this
2: is an entirely new jumping on point for the character it honors everything that came before over the course of Robert Venditti's run that began back in 2012 but takes the character into an entirely new direction um in this case uh showing up on a going to live on a uh, foreign alien world uh, where he's seeking peace only to find himself sucked back into an <laughs> extraterrestrial civil war um and there's several notable elements about this. You know, if you can follow the character of X where you know that he's a busy guy who's bonded into a sentient suit of alien armor. When we first meet him in the page of this new series, the armor are strange, and we're going to see them develop a relationship unlike any they've had over the course of X Men's 25
0: year history. I think that's super interesting. That's something that. Uh Matt really added to the war mythos and an almost antagonistic relationship between himself and the armor. The armor as a character, not just a weapon. Um, and I think that you guys will be uh, shocked to see how far he takes that thread.
2: Yep. And Matt Kent has put a tremendous amount of work into doing this book. This book really is going to be the spine of the Valley Universe throughout 2017. Uh, so much so that he is working currently across, I believe, the first 15 issues. And issue number one just stands We currently have five different art teams working on various stages of the book, which allowed us to put some of our most high-powered artists on uh, the series, including, as you can see here, page is issue number four by Doug Braithwaite, who's going to be launching the second art general
0: in June. And that's so important, you know, that there there's a clear roadmap. Um, when you build a story of this scope, you really want to know exactly where you're going and internally so that you know we can make this thing as big as possible and give it the the stage that it deserves. You really wanna know. So I'm always shocked, I don't work in editorial, but going and seeing the editors and being like, oh, What are you working on? Oh just Word number fifteen. Coming out in 2018, that comes out. It's always shocking how far in advance they're working on this book, uh, but it really speaks to the epic scope of what they're trying to deliver on this
2: book. Yep. Yeah, and so, arc one with art by Tomas Giorello is entitled "Soldier." Arc two, General, is going to be introduced against the character of that breakaway. Clayton Crane comes on uh, for Emperor with issue seven, and then issue number ten is going to be a standalone uh, with art by uh, Nico uh, This is an issue that we only started talking about for the first time on Monday at the Valiant Summit, but um, the back half of the year for Exo Man War from issue number 10 on, we haven't shared any details about, but it's going to have big, big ramifications for Exo Man War, his journey to planet Gorin, and then subsequently uh, the effects of this series on the back half, of the, on the other half of the Valiant universe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you should see here, you know, the Bounty Hunters, in here some, some design by Rockford, the Again, we're trying to do something radically different with this comic book. Matt Kent is a genius Genius world builder. It's one of the things that he does the absolute best at in this industry. Um, and the, the characters that he's created for these bounty hunters are unbelievable. And I think you guys are going to be uh, really, really, really enjoy this standalone. And then moving forward with Visigoth, as you guys know, there was a time jump between you know the previous Exo series and and uh, Exo number one coming out uh, when Eric arrives on this planet. You know what happened there? Why is not he on Earth? What? What will you ever go back, et cetera? Those are the things you are gonna start digging deeply on and uh, there's some pretty shocking revelations. And you're gonna to start to see the kind of the keys to the cosmic side of the valley universe start to get
2: revealed as the series goes on. Each one of these guys that you see before you is gonna be seven in <coughs> total. They're not a team, they're each individuals that have been dispatched to try and take down EXO for reasons that'll soon become clear. But each one of them represents a different alien race that we have not yet seen in the valley Universe. other and uh We'll start to see the seeds that are laid there pay off uh, in the loan uh, over the next couple of years. But it's not just uh, Planet Gorn that's in has big things coming for it in 2017, a book coming up called Secret Weapons that's really going to be at these. Yeah. This is a total release for us on multiple, multiple levels. Um, this is a new prestige format book that we're putting out in that same kind of deluxe format that we use for Divinity and Britannia and Savage. Um, First and foremost, it's the first solo book for Livewire. we have any Livewire fans in the house? Uh, really like the character that's really come into her own. She first appeared in the pages of Harbinger, subsequently in Unity, and has really you know, stepped to the forefront of, uh, of characters that people have demanded that we take a uh, more in-depth look at. Uh, to do so, uh, we've come up with a pretty amazing team. This book is written by Eric Heiserer. You guys might know him as the screenwriter of Arrival, for which he was nominated for an Oscar this year. It's pretty... Rare occurrence in mainstream superhero comics to have an Oscar nominee you want to come take on one of your characters, and we're happy to have him. He's doing absolutely phenomenal stuff with this book, and then the art is by Raul Allen, who, if you guys have uh, these are just some covers, if you guys have seen um, Raul's work on Wrath of the Eternal Warrior or in a couple of issues of Bloodshot Reward that he did, you know he's an absolutely next level guy. He's a former studio mate of David Aja. Um, and uh collaborator with him on some of his issues, and he has an absolutely just next-level take on, on the harbinger side of uh, People who have been following Livewire for a long time will know by looking at page two there, we get a big moment for the character, uh, which is finally gun hands. <laughs> Josh, what else can we look forward to with the, the new casting characters in Secret Web?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would just say, you know, Livewire has been for so long the character that you guys have been demanding. Gets her own series, gets a, a larger platform, and we got a lot of that affinity. But we love that character. One of our absolute favorites in the office. We kept trying to elevate that character and get her to a. a, a Book that would really showcase, you know, how amazing she is. And uh, when the opportunity came up to work with an Academy Award-nominated writer uh, to bring her to life, and he has the best take on her character I've ever seen, uh, we jumped at it. And I think anyone was waiting uh, for this moment. It was worth the wait. Uh, Eric has designed has uh, not only brought Livewire to the forefront, but an entirely new cast of uh, sci and characters that uh, are going to be deeply ingrained in the Valley universe. It's going to be a big Big book for Valiant, four years to come, and it will affect you know a lot of what we do going forward, especially on the Harbinger
2: side. I think it's also worth noting that what brought Eric to Valiant in the first place was that he was writing the screenplays for Bloodshot and Harbinger concurrently for the films we're developing at Sony Pictures. And he absolutely fell in love with the character of Blackwire and the role she played in the Harbinger screenplay. and came with this, frankly, totally magnificent idea, which is... Um, what happens to all the psyops that Toyo Harada activated but have powers that aren't weaponizable or aren't uh, um, super useful to someone who's trying to try take over the world? Harada uh, invested a ton of money and resources in activating psyops, which, as you guys know, if you've read Harbinger, is a very uh, labor intensive but also dangerous process. And so we meet four young uh, uh, people who are activated by Harada but have powers that aren't exactly useful if you're trying to go out and try to through uh the, the gentleman, Owen, that we see on the screen here, he can materialize objects out of thin air. Unfortunately, he cannot choose what he gets or when he gets it. And, um, so he uh, is being chased through an alleyway here and winds up with an awesome bloody rabbit umbrella. Uh, or he's at work earlier and winds up with a shotgun while he's trying to file stuff at work. But um, some very, very cool characters and that are really gonna come into their own as uh, as LabWare develops them into secret weapons. Yeah, and
0: you, you've seen so many uh, characters in this archetype before. You've seen you know, characters that have like superpowers, but they're not necessarily super useful, but what happens when a superpower is worthless? Like, there's actually no way to apply that to any tactical situation. Harada, the alternate tactician, uh, what does he do with those people, and how do they survive life without him? It's a really, really touching story um, about, you know, the new family coming together and about, you know, what happens, you know, when you're, when you have the expectations and, and those expectations get abandoned, you have to change them. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things that we're working on this year, and I, I think it's super
2: touching, uh, but also a lot of fun. Yeah, this book is going to have some serious ramifications for the value line, I think, Eric. Uh, It's going to be a really, really powerful new voice in the Valiant universe. I can say that. These guys are already working on a sequel to Secret Weapons, but it might not necessarily be called Secret Weapons, too. It's going to be a big, big thing that we have coming up in the coming months. So, Secret Weapons is a very, very important book for Valiant. Uh, First issue hits shelves uh, in the last week of June, uh, and we're doing something uh, special for it. If you guys read Exo Man of War, uh, many, many of you. Uh, showed support for the book by pre ordering the pre order edition bundle of new concepts we introduced for the launch of Exo Man War. It was so successful that we're replicating it here. And essentially, if you pre order all four issues of the first uh, Super Weapon series in advance with your local retailer by April 27th, which I believe is this coming Thursday, um, you get a specially expanded uh, version of the book that has an extra uh, eight pages of uh, special features and never before seen content. Um, so if you check with us on Twitter on Facebook we have instructions on how to work this out with your retailer but um, from what we've heard from the fans and people we've been seeing at shows and retailers as well uh, this program has been a huge success um, and we really appreciate everyone who goes out and pre-orders books I and mean, it's the most success, the mo- one of the most important things shows of support that a uh fan can do for a book. We've all had the experience of going into a comic shop and pick up a series we're really looking forward to on a Wednesday, only to find out that they're sold out by, you know, ten or eleven o'clock in the morning. I'm pre-ordering books and helps retailers gauge in advance um, what the interest in a particular title is and keep books on shelves for new readers.
0: Yeah, and that was the biggest problem. The only problem really with Exomantle, we I mean, have 90,000 copies sold. We have to rush back to additional printings. So I heavily recommend pre-ordering this book. Uh, we think it's going to be a big, big book for Valiant. And also, of course, you get the interstitial content, the bonus material, all that great stuff. Um, and then we put a lot of time and thought into that bonus content. It's not just something that we threw together. We only want to provide meaningful looks into the creation of the book and what's to come next for our fans. It really is kind of our love letter to our fans.
2: Uh, but Livewire is not the only leading heroine that we have in the Valley Universe. Next up is Faith. Do we have any Faith fans in the house? Welcome our first guest on the stage, Jody Hauser and artist Joe Aisman. What's up, guys? To take in <laughs> so, Jody, you have been doing a lot of exciting stuff with Faith over the past year. 2016 was a huge year for the character. It started off with a, a miniseries that made shockwaves throughout the industry, um, garnered a lot of critical acclaim, a lot of attention for the character. And now, in the pages of her ongoing series that began last year, we're building towards something very, very big, which is the Faithless. The second issue of this arc is going to be out. Uh, in just two weeks' time, uh, who are the faithless and what kind of threat do they pose for faith?
3: Uh, so the faithless is comprised of all the villains that faith has met so far uh, in her new life in LA, and they're led by Chris Criswell, who's essentially Erlex Luther. He's. Uh, just, he was originally just like the joke that all superhero actors are named Chris. So in the <laughs> universe, they're all played by one guy named Chris Criswell. And, uh, and that got sort of seated in the miniseries that he's like the cute actor that she has fantasies about sometimes. And uh, while I was working on the miniseries, I was like, what if he's evil? <laughs> And that would that ended up being why that, that was the first pitch I had for the ongoing is that she finally meets her, you know, the superstar that she ordered and you' find out he's her worst villain. So he's essentially the kid who grew up reading comics and watching sci-fi and everything just like Faith herself did. But he was inspired by the supervillains, and he really wanted to be a supervillain. So he goes out to Hollywood. I think I think the joke in his little evil monologue. He's like, I decided to combine my love of super villainy and community theater. Uh, so, <laughs> so he went to Hollywood with the hopes of, you know, like getting to play super villains in movies because, you know, that would be awesome. But because of his all-American rugged good looks, he kept getting cast as heroes. So he ended up being so angry about it, he used his A-list actor fortune to build a criminal empire. So that was like the, he's kind of the main villain that uh, Faith is based in her ongoing, and there's been a few others, and Chris Criswell, how supervillains work, he's like, well clearly we all need to team up. So he gathers uh, Sydney Pierce, who's from the miniseries, and she's one of the Hollywood vine, as I call them, one of the uh, vine plantings who had infiltrated the industry and were using their influence there to sort of shape humanity a little bit. an evil-talking cat that's actually a psy entity trapped in a cat's body, and... Uh, High-fives, too. Look at that awesome high-five panel. <laughs> and and uh, Jeff, who uh, is a guy who uh, everyone calls Murder Mouse because that was the cosplay he was wearing when he tried to use magic to rob everyone at a comic convention at the same time, which I actually think is like a really good evil plan. I mean, uh, um, so yeah, so Chris wall brings them all together, uh, calls them the Faithless. And uh, they are going, their plan is to destroy Faith uh, using many classic uh, supervillain plans that we have seen in movies and comics. Awesome. And Joe, you had done
2: a little bit of work for Valley previously. I remember the Archer Armstrong one shot you did for us, which was totally awesome. Uh, What made Faith a character that you wanted to put your weight behind after you've been working on some great stuff for
4: Archie and the like? Um, Well, the thing that I tell people that that I really like about Faith is, you know, the the kind of stereotypical trope of, like, a superhero is the reluctant hero, that they're burdened with their powers, but Faith is someone who actually seems to enjoy being a superhero, and I like just the the kind of optimistic tone that Jody has brought to the series, Um, and, like, Every issue that I've worked on with her has just been like an absolute joy to do just because, like, there's just so much, she puts so much fun stuff in there to draw. So, um, yeah, it it was a nice change from stuff I had done previously, which had been kind of dark, so, cool. And
2: Jody, you did something really novel here, which is, you know, over the course of the past year, you took Faith, who had been uh, always a prominent character in the Valley universe, but a supporting one in Figures of Harbinger, and... You know, built out what, she, what her world as a solo hero looks like. You gave her a, a day job, an entire cast of supporting characters, and now her own legion of supervillains to go up against. The interesting thing about these characters, though, is that they're not your standard comp of archetypes. What was your inspiration in building this specific set of villains for Faith to go up against?
3: Well, one of the things I really wanted to do with the ongoing series is because Faith is a fan of so many different things like a lot of us. I wanted each uh, little two-issue story arc to kind of be its own genre. So, you know, Chris Kurzweil was sort of the classic superhero, super-villain story. Uh, Dark Star, the evil cat came from what was very much like a magical girl-type story. Uh, Sydney Pierce, you know, back from the original um, miniseries, that was very much more like a sci-fi, evil alien infiltration story. And, uh, and then... Uh, Murder Mouse was very much like the fun, like geeky, at a comic convention story. So it wasn't really, and, and the initial idea wasn't to create a bunch of various villains that we can then bring together. That sort of happened afterward. It just happened that because they were all coming coming from different genres, in a sense, they had very different skill sets that actually work really well when you throw them all together.
2: Cool. And now, Joe, I know that that, that you've been given uh, a good cast of, of antagonists to deal with here. Your... Which one of these guys um, do you think, from a design standpoint, is your favorite to
4: draw? Uh, I, I think Jody knows this because I do. But I really enjoy drawing Sydney, and uh, I know that design is David Lafuente's. And when I first saw it, I nearly just cried because of all the crazy detail Lafuente put on it. But I quickly discovered it's like so much fun to draw, and she's absolutely my favorite. She, her personality, the way Jody writes her, like she's very extreme with her emotions. And so that gives me a chance to really just exaggerate her body language. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's characters like that that you know, kind of just excite me as an artist because they give me a chance to really push the storytelling. Super so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, Joey, you mentioned uh, that we dabbled in a bunch of trying to
2: put Faith up against characters from a bunch of different genres. I know we're building towards a big finale for Faith that's going to happen in issue 12, you and Joe. What comes after fate 12? Well,
3: I can't really say too much because that's going to be a pretty big spoiler for in terms of the ongoing itself, but um, at the end of issue 12, there's going to be a very new status quo for Faith, and yep. there's going to be some stuff she has to resolve after she has a big time travel adventure. Yep. <laughs> so we haven't seen Faith go like full side-by into
2: what is going to be a big standalone summer event for Valiant that collides her with uh not only some okay. of the greatest heroes of the present of the Valley universe, but also people from throughout the past and the future, including a hero that I'm very glad to have back at the forefront of what we're doing, Neil Sethi from Time Walker.
3: Yes, and uh, I kind of joke that this is event is like a crossover between a Doctor Who fan and someone who clearly doesn't like Doctor Who. If you read Ivar, there's like a lot of little nods in there. I think it's more like Nila's a scientist, and she's like, that's a TV show that's super inaccurate, so you're making all these assumptions, and I don't wanna deal with it. But, um, but yeah, so it's very much, um, you know, Nila kind of is the new time walker, and there is a essentially an evil AI that has made it its mission to take apart the linchpins of time, so all of reality kind of collapses, um, which would really suck. So, uh, she has. She's been given information that Faith is the hero who needs to stop this, and how and why she that came about. Um, you'll see in the first issue, but uh, so she essentially goes and recruits Faith, and Faith is just like, I think she actually says, "I've been waiting my entire life for this moment." Um, but yeah, and I'm, I think we were saying uh, it's we're a lot of fun the time frame, but it's. Uh, it, Four issues are very much built on the if at first you don't succeed, try try again. So there's going to be uh, some cyclical aspects of the story and it's actually um, going to have different artists for each sort of loop. So we're starting with Stephen Segovia and Barry Gibson on the first issue, two awesome artists in their own right <laughs> as the
2: this as the complicated nature of time travel dictates, uh, more artists will appear throughout the series. Uh, I don't want to give away too much. I know you probably have a very complicated chart hanging in your home. It's pretty much on my head right now. don't uh-huh. probably why my head hurts so much at the time. But
3: uh, I love time travel, but... Uh, or, or, did we go back to the last slide? No, oh, this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that weird-looking, derpy robot thing is actually... <laughs> The thing that might
0: destroy all reality, which I love to imply, because that totally does not look like something that would destroy all reality. Uh, and I gotta say, one of the things that I'm so excited with this project is, if you guys are Valiant fans, if you guys haven't picked up faith yet. That this explores so much of the Valiant community in some uh, amazing ways of people who are like 4001 or like the Har- Harbinger universe, right? Like that. Like we're, this has so many Italian characters in it. Uh, that you know, if you're if you're waiting for a time to get into faith, this is an easy avenue that you can do it as she goes on with the biggest adventures you've ever done in the Valley
3: Universe. Yeah, I as soon as this was announced, people were tweeting at me like, is so-and-so gonna be in it? Is so-and-so gonna be in it? And like I was always like, probably, and then someone was like, Is it the goat gonna be it? And I'm like, Yes. <laughs> I <played> the goat. <laughs> awesome. So if you guys have read uh, previous
2: standalone events we've done, like The Valiant or Bloodshot USA, you know that uh, we do uh, self-contained storytelling. Like, we try to make each book as keen an entry point as possible, and this is a perfect jumping-off point for the character of Faith and, frankly, the broader value universe. As you can see, um, perhaps besides the goat. Is there one value character you're excited to finally get uh, to try out who you haven't had a chance to appear in the pages
3: of Faith just yet? Well, I, I did do a backup with Ninjak, but oh, I'm excited right. to have uh, Ninjak show up because I'm convinced that like Ninjak is secretly a fan of like British sci-fi stuff. So I think he actually does like like Doctor Who and Red Dwarf, and you know he might he might just like drop a little note and give, or little comment and be like, but he's never actually wanted to it because it's mm-hmm. Ninjak.
0: I love the I love the idea of Jack as, like the reluctant nerd. Like if like can out over something and like, oh no no, forget about it. But he goes to the back room and is like, Oh yes. Right, and and right. he like, you know, you probably grew up watching this stuff. Yeah, like
3: everyone right. else did,
2: so Awesome. So that's Faith in the Future Force coming up in July. Let's have a big round of applause for You're E1.
0: I'm
3: a one yes. And you're our A16 Cool. Thank you, guys. Joe, is
0: your commission list still open? Joe, is your your commission list still open? Yes. Yeah, Joe's commission list is still open. I'm going to go after this and get a, a commission in. So check out his booth. Awesome, awesome stuff.
2: In July, there's another staggering. And I, and I do not use that word lightly turning point coming for the uh, heroes of the valley universe in Harbinger Renegade 5. Have any you guys ever read Harbinger Renegade by Rick Robertson, Derek Robertson? I'm yeah. doing, frankly, something pretty unkind in the pages of, the, of this story that's gonna be called Massacre. You guys if you guys have been following with Valley Subs, you know it in 2018, called *Harbinger Wars 2*, uh, the sequel to our event from 2013. Uh, this, frankly, is probably going to be the most impactful thing that Valiant has ever done to date, and it's going to start in a big, big way with the events of what plays out in this issue. As you can see, we're doing something pretty novel. Uh, this issue comes wrapped in a warning label because of what happens inside is
0: of such consequence. Josh, can you maybe tease a little bit? I know this is a closely guarded secret that we have. Yeah, I'm, uh Uh, I'm the worst person to tease this because I don't know what happens. No, this is for the first time, uh, I think in our our company's history, uh, we have a book that not all of us have read and reviewed. Uh, There are a few versions of the script I know they've been working on, uh, but we don't know that like we, being the employees of Valiant, except for like the five of you guys, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, no, who's, gonna, who's going to be that dies? Um, we have our own theories, of course, but uh, no, all I can tell you is what they tell us. Uh, it's gonna be pretty shocking and upsetting. Uh, I, I, well, I think we're gonna have like someone videotape the staff when we finally get to find out. Uh, but uh, I will say that if they're keeping it from, from me and, and some of the guys at Valiant and, and uh, our incredible staff, uh, it's probably pretty serious. But. Yeah,
2: so as you guys know, I mean, things have started to escalate on the Harbinger side of the Valley You've seen Toyo Arata uh, take over a uh, sovereign state in Africa, hijacking aircraft carrier. We now have, since the events of Harbinger Renegade kicked off, Peter Stanchek back on Earth with the ability to activate psy um, That does not make the powers that be very happy. And as you guys can see here, the hard four is going to be coming back in a big, big way, and they are authorized to terminate with extreme prejudice. They're going to be hunting um, any and all psyops on American soil, and that's going to put a lot of people that I know I, uh, as a fan of dying stuff, hold near and dear. Uh, and in issue five, one of them is going to pay a big, big price uh, for going up against the hardcore.
0: Is that safe to say, Josh? Yeah, I I, I think so. Okay, I got the wrong person to to talk about, but no, as as I understand, this is going to be absolutely bonkers. uh, I can encourage everyone to keep going to all the cons in the lead-up to this, because I just know Dinesh will slip up sometime, we'll all find out, but uh, it's it's supposed to be pretty serious. They don't mess around with this kind of thing, so uh, definitely check this out. This is one of the most important
2: single issues that we're going to be publishing all year. Um, So if you you love hardware and hold it dear, Issue number 5 is going to be one to pay very close attention to um, And as you can see here, many of these characters, and maybe a few more not pictured here, could be on the table for uh, targeting my hardcore. Um, so stay tuned, we're going to be building towards Harbour Wars 2, as I said, the entire Valley universe is escalating towards uh, what is going to be happening for that story in 2018, and coming before the end of the year, shipping in December, As many of you know, we included uh, special mail away coupons in Harbinger Renegade number one through four that are redeemable for this special zero issue that we're going to be shipping out uh, in December. We announced on Monday that it's going to be written by Matt Kent and Doug Braithwaite, two of our longest tenured, most high profile creators. So that should give you guys a sense of the kind of story that we're building here. Um, I know what Matt has in store for this issue. There's some pretty cool stuff coming up for Harbinger Wars 2. And then, another book that I know we're very excited for, Bloodshot Salvation. How many of you did it? you guys take Bloodshot Reborn by Jeff Lemire? So coming in September, Jeff is launching an all-new Bloodshot ongoing series for us. Uh, two artists from Bloodshot Reborn are coming back, teaming up uh, to tackle this series. the series. in And Louis Morosa and Nico Soya, two absolutely phenomenal talented artists. Um, and they're doing so for a very special reason. This book is split across The timelines. You guys follow Bloodshot before, you know we left him, uh, Bloodshot, and his true love, Magic, uh, in a good place. They finally found some peace. And uh, much like with Exo Man War, we're going to pick up with them uh, a few months on to find that uh, things are not shaking out so well for them. Uh, Josh, could you give us a sense of what's coming up for
0: Bloodshot Salvation? Yeah, finally, one that I know ton about. talk about. The, uh Bloodshot's animation. Obviously, Jeff, we're so happy to have him here at Valiant. He's brought so much to the Bloodshot mythos. Uh, I can say that, you know, what we did in Bloodshot Reborn, he really cranks that dial up in salvation, but with a new added element, which is Bloodshot's daughter. Yep. The, uh, the the relationship they have, how that came to be, uh, what that means for that character, this is not a, uh, a, a dream, not a visual story. You know how they always say this is really the responsibilities of being a parent, but also the incredible consequences of being Bloodshot, how tortured his life is, his legacy is, and what that means for his daughter in the future. Uh, it's, it should be really exciting to, to flush out and, and just like we were talking with Exo Man War this is uh, what Matt Kent does this is Jeff Lemire and this is long form storytelling at the highest order and he has it plotted out it's another thing we have to pop into the editorial office and be like hey what is she you guys working on and it's for next year I mean this is this is one that has a long storytelling it's, it's an incredible narrative uh, but a brutal one and uh, we're really excited to get it out there in the world yeah and if you guys read
2: Bloodshot Report you know that Jeff uh, Built his reinvention of Bloodshot around an examination of violence and the consequences that it takes on the soul and the psyche. And here he's, you know, examining something different, which is family, and how that plays into Bloodshot's mentality as someone who, uh, you know, lived in a world uh, of extreme violence where anything can happen to anyone at any time. And if you followed his work, uh, just other works, like from Essex County all the way through Animal Man, all the way through what he's doing right now on uh, uh, Black Hammer, uh, you know that's something that he's touched upon often, uh, but for a character like Bloodshot, there's perhaps no higher stakes. And as Josh Josh mentioned, we meet uh, in the the first timeline, which is going to be drawn by Luis Rosa, that's the modern day. We see Bloodshot and Magic living quietly with their newborn daughter. And then in the second timeline, we jump forward several years to see that um, that baby who looked normal by all appearances uh, in the modern day has grown up. Uh, to be a reflection of her father. That's Jesse, bloodshot star, who's going to be a major, major, major new character for the Valiant universe. Uh, and as you can see from this artwork by by Miko Soya, some pretty exciting stuff coming up in this, including the first appearance of Rampage, who Jeff has, he's uh, a longtime Valiant villain, who Jeff has uh, set about reinventing in a pretty disturbing way.
0: Yeah, we should talk just I mean, you guys see the artwork. Louis Larosa, uh, such a big artist value, and Miko Soyan churning after Bloodshot, be born uh, to do to do this series. Two of our best artists at the stable, you know, bringing everything they have to this story. The the, the artwork is breathtaking, uh, and it really reflects the the graphic and touching nature of. Uh, Jeff's story, which, as I said, I mean, that's, that's classic Jeff, I mean, finding a different way of looking at a familiar theme, whether it was violence, uh, but doing that through the scope of one of the most violent characters ever created in comics for Bloodshot Reborn, but now family uh, and, and, and parentship. Yep. Uh, and another interesting
2: thing he's doing here is he's, giving, he's building out some big new villains for Bloodshot. You can see Rampage here, who's going to be a big force in the series going forward, as well as Omen. Uh, which is going to be a new splinter cell of Project Rising Spirit that's going to be appearing not only in Bloodshot Salvation, but several other titles that have big implications for uh,
4: the Bloodshot Carpenter size of the non-universe for the next several months. A great indication
2: of where this series will be going is that you're going to get that on free holiday day. Jeff and Juan Jose Reap have constructed uh, a really, really awesome prelude to the events of Bloodshot Salvation that's only going to be available on Free Comic Book Day. That issue also has a all-new Exo War story by Matt Kefu, as well as a sneak preview of Secret Weapons Number 1. Uh, but if you know Jeff, and as, as uh, Josh just alluded to, he works very, very far in advance, knows meticulously where these characters are going and when. So if you read this story, and if you're uh, a die-hard Valiant fan, pay very close attention, because nothing in here is placed uh, by accident. And there are some big clues in the story about what the events of Bloodshed Salvation are going to portend uh, in 2017 and 2018. So Free College Day is coming up on the first weekend of May, just about two weeks away. Please pick up our book. We're very proud of this one. It's packed with a bunch of surprises. Uh, but as I mentioned, this is a great jumping on point for the Valley Universe. If you're new to the if you're new to the books, if you read them all the time, uh, we put a
0: lot of work into this and there's a lot of uh, great stuff. And the, 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 the hardcore Valiant fans know this, but for anyone new to Valiant, our pre-combook day is always a, a, a big clue to the next couple of years of publishing. We always include uh, teasers that are going to let you guys know what's coming up. I'm not saying that's what we did this time, but I'm also not saying that's not what we did this time. So, so be sure to check it out. But Bloodshot
2: Salvation isn't going to be the only place you can find Bloodshot in the coming months. Coming up in July, we have Bloodshot's Day Off. With that, <laughs> let's <laughs> welcome our next two guests, Elliot Rahel and Daniel Kibblesmith this day.
0: Yeah. should have gotten
5: you guys' music. What's up, gentlemen? What's yeah, you guys hear that? This is extra special fun for us. Elliot is one of my oldest, dearest friends in comics. It's the first time I've ever gotten to do a panel. Oh, that's terrible. I'm so excited. We were Marvel interns together, and he's my friend. You
6: are, you're right. On my my first day as a Marvel intern, the very first two people I met were Elliot Rahill and Donnie Cates, writer of God Country. That's right. Um, Mm -hmm. So, if there's a lesson to be learned from that, I think it's. Make sure you intern with me. (laughs) Uh, He's still the most handsome man in comics to me. (laughs) Um,
2: But we're super excited to be working with you. If you guys read Stalinverse, uh, Divinity 3 Stalinverse, Elliot Helms, uh, the fourth and final one shot, which was uh, Divinity 3 Escape of the Flight. It was a really great issue. I think it took a lot of people by surprise. It was uh, gotten wonderful, wonderful views. So we're super excited to have you back to uh, do one of these anniversary
6: Bloodshot's. For the yeah, I, uh, I'm thrilled to be back. Uh, Bloodshot, has is anybody fan of the original Bloodshot's Day Off? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bonkers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that book. That was great.
2: Um, yes. Yeah, so the original... Over the course of the summer, we put together a series of four one-shots that are kind of homages to four of the most beloved, valiant tales of yore from the 90s. Um, each one of those characters is celebrating their 25th anniversary this year, including Bloodshot. We began with uh, a tribute to Barry Wintersmith's Archer and Armstrong number eight that just came out in the Immortal Brothers one-shot. Brock um, and Bernardo and Renato Bayes are doing Eternal Warrior Awakening number one. Uh, next month, which is a tribute to Eternal Warrior number one, and then this, Bloodshot stay Off, which is one that I've been dying to get to. Bloodshot stay Off. There is an original issue of the first Bloodshot series, Bloodshot number 12, that has one of the greatest covers it's in great book history. It's a great cover. It is Bloodshot in a Bathrobe chilling out in front of the TV. He's got a
6: really nice fine china that he's starting <laughs> coffee from. That's, I think, mean, my favorite part of the yeah. He's got like Sterling in this. Yeah.
2: So, Kari Evans actually paid tribute to that <laughs> one. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So, these two gentlemen, so, you, we could say that the perhaps uh, we could put that apostrophe in a different place, because you're not dealing with Ray Garrison bloodshot, you're dealing with two members of the bloodshot squad we last saw in Bloodshot USA. USA. So, who <laughs> are these gentlemen and what is their... Uh, day off it looked
6: like yeah that's correct so that's you know it's uh, Tank Man on the left and then uh, Viet Man on the on the right right there and um, you know it's from uh, they appeared in Bloodshot Island and when the Bloodshot uh, virus was infecting New York they came uh, with Bloodshot to save everybody and all that stuff and, and they're two very interesting characters. Uh, they're both veterans. Tank Man is a is a World War II sort of Greatest Generation guy, and then Viet Man is a is a is a Vietnam veteran. They're both in two completely different contexts, which I thought was a really interesting character relationship, and, and that's what I was kind of hoping to explore. But in also a celebration issue, which was uh, there's, there's jokes, but at the same time, you know, I, what I try to do with Escape from the Gulag is that like. You know, the story, Stalin versus communism, you know, Archer, I wanted to talk about faith. You know, when I was, like, 18, I converted to Catholicism because I was, like, really into Jesus. And then I tried drugs when I was 21, and <laughs> my life <laughs> is this uh, so, Yeah, but I have...
4: Worry minds,
6: one issue. You didn't want to shoot hear that, kids? Did you hear that, kids? Two oh, <laughs> too much drugs. No. Oh, don't oh, <laughs> Are <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 you to young
0: people on the internet? Are we still holding our microphones <laughs> like this? <laughs> Listen, I come from a performance background. Elliot take- is supposed to do it the other way. I do the other way. I'm, I'm sorry. And then
6: go to I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, yeah, I still got a lot of life to live yet, so <laughs> it's fine. But that's what you know. I, what I wanted to bring, you know, faith was something that's still very important to me. When we were making spirituality and all those things, and, and, I, and I put that into the book. And, and with with Stay off, you know, I'm from an Arab family, right? My father's a merchant businessman. My brother is a, is a, is a United States Marine, right? And yeah, it's weird that you guys don't clap for that, but that's whatever. <laughs> uh, applause, applause, applause for girl. You guys honey- on weird. And uh, he, you know, he's a very successful young man. His family is a niece, and uh, you know, works, worked on Wall Street for a while, and then I uh, do this with my <laughs> wife. So, you can imagine my father and I don't. I love my father to death, but we don't necessarily get along very well, and, and, and a lot of it is a big generational gap difference. And so, I put that kind of context, and then also the context of my father. We didn't get along with his father, who was of the Greatest Generation, um, and, I, and I put that into there. And basically, the book is out like those two types of people who don't get along at all go sightseeing for a day. So, <laughs> they, they and they they check out the New York sites like any good tourists, and they both you know. It's not a fun time, and the entire book is really what is the one thing that these two guys have in common aside from being genetically mutilated, right? You know, at people and stuff like that. Is
2: that they're soldiers, and so that's what the story is about. It's a soldier story. Cool. And you're working with artist Kari evans on this. You obviously launched
3: Harvard for us and worked for a Very, very cool. It's yep. very
1: cool.
2: Cool. So that's Bloodshot's Day Off, number one, coming up in July for One Shot. Super looking forward to that one. Can you put it away now? Yeah. yeah. This so, <laughs> so, not the only case Bloodshot in a moment. Um, I've talked about two, about two previous versions of Bloodshot that are appearing in this book. If you go into Valiant High, which is a comiXology original series we were doing, written by Daniel with Mark by Derek Charm of Jughead fame, you're going to find out that Bloodshot perhaps had another life. As a high school gym coach, correct. Yes. So, what is Valley
5: High? Uh, I know this takes place outside of the proper Valley continuity. It's a lot of fun. You're doing an awesome job. What's your entry point into this book? So Valiant's High is uh, a high school alternate universe uh, featuring uh, all of the superheroes from the Valiant universe, or very nearly all of the superheroes. Uh, I got in as many as I could. So it's just a outside of continuity, alternate reality. uh, that reimagines them all as different uh, high school archetypes. Uh, It's the kind of thing that uh, superheroes have got to do forever in shows like Smallville or X-Men Evolution. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, it got to that point where it's like, hey, we've got to throw all these guys into a high school yep. and uh, get a lot of uh, teen romance and drama, and failing uh, uh, your drivers at exam, all the, all the things
2: that we dealt with, but uh, with superpowers. Super cool. And so you had your choice, you had pretty much smart Launch issues, choose whatever characters you wanted to include, right? Did you sell them are really interesting POV character that introduces to this world. So, who is the first person we meet at Valiant High? The first person we see
5: is Livewire. I think that she was just a character whose time had come, and I felt the same way uh, as all you guys did. That's especially doing a story about uh, a high school student who's looking for her place in the world. Uh, When you're taking characters that we know from the Valiant universe, uh, Livewire is somebody who's kind of uh, defining story for a long time was that she was uh, a pupil, uh, that she was somebody who had a teacher, and uh, that she had fallen out with that mentor. Uh, and it seemed like such a natural uh, fit to, to take that kind of core metaphor and literalize it and make her a high school teacher, or I'm sorry, a high school student where the principal is Harada. So uh, the the A story of Alien Eye is a uh, teenage live wire in a uh, prep school uh, full of super teens who are not allowed to use their powers at school, and totally do anyway. <laughs> oh. uh, dealing with uh, you know, how, she, how she fits into uh, the larger, the larger uh, ecosystem of, of high school. And uh, lots of uh, lots of romance and uh, friendships get tested, and that's the eternal sophomore. <laughs> so named because he keeps getting held back. And <laughs> right, you know, actually, just read right. issue three. Is wonderful. It's
2: wonderful. That was week. But as you can see, you packed uh, a bunch more characters into issue three, including yeah. I think what oh, was my favorite appearance thus far, Ginger, Minjack's awesome purple sports car. There it is. Yeah, uh, yeah my favorite character yeah. in the belly of the Universe,
5: Ginger.
0: Can't sound. Yeah, it's also even one just of characters. This thing's... these, it's like a dense amount of jokes. Like It's like, it's like a rest of the element. You know? like, every, every panel, you snuck something in there. It's... I think, you know, I, I
5: I didn't know when I was going to get access to as can... many characters at the same time. It's such a dream book, because uh, it takes place outside so of continuity and it's a high school, so I sort of need to have everybody, because you want to see as many of your favorite personalities like reimagined uh, in this, in this uh, alternate universe. Uh, so I kind of just... Packed as many toys into the sandbox as I could. Here you can see uh, them uh, fighting, fighting some evil spirits on the football field. Uh, those are the Valiant High Mana Wars. Wow, go fighting Mana Wars! <laughs> uh, I don't think the mascot Manny the Mana War uh, is in this page, but he's a big, uh, he's a big jellyfish. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just... Uh, and Derek Charm and uh, David Barron do that great animated series look, so I wanted to take advantage of that vibe and just give it as big a cast of characters as I could because, you know, when would I have access to, to this many of Valiant's heroes again all in one
2: place? Yeah, it's very much different than anything we've done before, but I think we're all pro with the execution. It's a ton of fun. It's super fun. Thanks, thanks. I like it, too. And <laughs> so another book, that we announced at the Valiant Summit earlier this week is Eternity. We have any Divinity fans in the house? <laughs> to discuss, you know that we came to a big uh, conclusion of the Divinity trilogy with the Salamander series that just wrapped up. We can't say too much about what Eternity is going to be just yet, other than it's going to reunite Matt Kitt and Trevor Harrison, the two creators that brought that series to life. Um, and open an entirely new frontier in the non-universe. You might even say an entirely new universe in and of itself. Uh, Matt and Trevor are currently working on something super, super ambitious, which is designing an entire new world of characters. You've seen Divinity, you know that he's imbued with godlike powers from points unknown. In Eternity, we are going to find out that the unknown, that which transformed Divinity, is not a person, it's a place. And there might be beings even more powerful than him. Out there, so we're going to get to explore an entirely new uh, vantage point for the Valley University.
0: super cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is us expanding that Divinity University. Divinity is bit with such a, a high sci-fi. Uh, concept, but it, t- it, it took place here within the Valiant universe, you know, on Earth, interacting with the Valiant characters. But now, just like almost like we did with Eric, you know, this whole next year is so much about expanding and building and, and, and new, you know, for our biggest icons our biggest characters, entirely new settings and places and experiences. And you can see here, I mean, these things are as hellacious as bonkers. Earlier, I mean, these these we have incredible designs. Again, Matt Kim is such a world builder, taking divinity to a whole new place, a whole new map. Um, and really, a, a Valiant book that's really unlike anything else we're publishing. It's, it's, it's a really, really wild new Yep, and as you guys know, the mantra of
2: the Valiant universe has always been the world outside your window, trying to do grounded mm-hmm. sci-fi approaches to the, grounded real-world approaches to sci-fi and superheroes. What, this, what Matt is trying to do here is create, is, is heavily influenced by, by people like Jack Kirby, by uh, Mobius, doing something huge uh, fantasy-driven. Uh, God-like storytelling that, frankly, you can't find anywhere else in comics right now. So That's
6: yeah. a great title for that character up there. Which one? Pio, the Keeper of the yeah, Uncanny yeah. valley. And can we all acknowledge how dope that is?
2: And it's not just that. We have a bunch of our uh, most high-profile artists all working on character designs. They're creating a massive, massive canvas. Are gonna be like, these are two of my favorites right here by Kari Evans. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to begin in October. We'll be revealing more about uh, who these characters are, how they come into play as, as we get closer, but playing pretty close to the best right now because we don't want to spoil too much about what Matt and Trevor are building. Uh, another series we announced, Ninja K. Any ninja fans here? <laughs> so as you guys know, Matt Kintz, uh built a pretty awesome uh, 25-issue run on uh, Ninja over the past couple of years. This November, uh, he's passing the mantle over to Christos Gage and Tomas Giorello. You guys read Exo Manor, you know what a monster Tomas Giorello is. And Christos has worked with us previously on uh, Bloodshot Hardcore. He's also one of the writers of Netflix's Daredevil. Uh, he has fallen in love with the lore of, of Ninja, or as the series is entitled, Ninja K. So titled, because for the first time, we're going to be revealing the complete history of the Ninja program and why MI6 has a purple ninja in the first place. Um, Josh, can tell us about what Christos has the story.
0: Yeah, like he's going to dive deep into the, the history that kind of Matt kids set up. In his run of ninjack, you know, we ninjack being ninja K, that means there was an entire alphabet of ninjas prior to Ninja K. So what happened to all of them? How how bad or how good did that go to arrive at Ninja K, getting all the way back to we you know World War One World War One. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're going to dive deep dive into that history uh with a mystery a history mystery. <laughs> a history mystery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, um, the, the, you know, we're going to deep dive into that, and we're going to go through all the eras um, inside in the, the Valley of common, you're going to see a bunch of characters you didn't see in a while, and some, and some new faces, and it's going to be super, super fun. Yeah, in contrast to, uh,
2: like, Matt Kent did something very special with N'Jakwa when he, he delved into previously unexplored facets of the character, finding out his connections to the supernatural. Christos is coming back and doing a fully espionage-driven take. I compared this to the biggest James Bond movie that's ever been filmed. It's a 40 page first issue. The first 20 pages are gonna completely blow you away. It starts in the trenches of World War I with the first ninja, Ninja A, who uh, was part of the alliance between uh, Japan and Britain at that time. And then we follow them across the next 50, 75 years of history as ninjas are trained in succession and meet uh, just a, an incredible new cast of characters that inform uh, ninja's place in the Valiant universe, how he came to be, uh, you know, MI6's most traded intelligence agent, and then sets them in play in the modern day when someone force unknown begins killing uh, veterans of the program. So we're going to get to see uh, how these guys operate within MI6 uh, and what their stake is in the espionage side of the non-university in the Big Way. Cool. And then the final series we announced coming in December: Clang. Not- hey. series written by Daniel Kibblesmith am I legally clear to saying the boys are back in town yes we can make that happen
5: John
0: the lawyers are did Lizzie
2: so you come up with a really really uh, novel approach to Quantum and Woody we're super excited to have you on board people have demanding, been demanding Quantum and Woody for years now uh, and coming back this summer on the ongoing series
5: what's your approach to these characters and where do we find them well, uh, it's it's a it's a great combination of uh, back to basics, but totally new status quo. Because when we check in on Quantum and Woody, uh, they are not speaking and uh, totally estranged, or at least as totally estranged as you can be <laughs> 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 when you literally need to meet up once a day to wear uh, your bracelets together. For <laughs> <laughs> the folks at home, when there is a meme on the screen. <laughs> So that's yeah, that's very cover. So our 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 uh, Quantum and Woody uh, have uh, had the big fights. The fight that finally ends the two guys who are seemingly willing to put up with anything from each other. Uh, so the story is all about uh, what was the what was the fight that finally broke up Quantum and Woody. Uh, we see Woody showing up uh, at the apartments, not living with Quantum, uh, getting out of a cab, clanging, leaving without saying a word. Uh, and the, the mystery is, is what, what could one of them have done that was so bad that it finally broke up the brothers? It turns out it was actually something that Eric did. And he was sitting on a big secret. Can I say what a big secret yeah. was? Eric knows who uh, Woody's birth dad is. So he didn't tell them. And that's a big problem for Woody. Uh, so uh, it's a story, uh, you know, like every great quantum Woody story, it's all about family. And uh, ours is a lot about trust and, you know,
2: what, what you can and can't recover from with your brother. And you're going to be working with Connor on this, who hasn't done any valiant interior
5: since the Book of Death a couple years ago. Uh, what are you looking forward to? I'm such a big fan. I mean, especially of his Quantum Royale stuff and The Delinquents, which is one of the most beautiful books I've ever held in my hands. Um, and obviously, he's just like, look this is, This is great. It's great, but it's also funny. Like, he's so good at, at uh, expressing personality and landing a joke. And uh, I think it, it gives us a lot of opportunities to really feel like these are real guys and kind of empathize with what they're going through, for sure. Even though they're kind of idiots. Yep. And this will be a completely fresh entry point into the characters. It will honor everything that James Asmus and Tom Ballard did uh, several years back, but it's a completely fresh input into the world of the World War it. super yep. excited to
0: have Daniel yeah. on board. That's the lineup that we have for the year. We've outlined some big steps, almost everything today. A few things we didn't, as you can see in August, we have a big classified title that we can't talk about just yet, which you guys will be hearing about it very, very soon. I think that's gonna be a very exciting one. Josh, do you know what that one is? I know that one is. Hey! No, they're, they're, they're not that bad, uh, No, the classified title uh, is, is something that you guys have been asking for, and something that you guys have been um, hounding us for, for some time. So uh, I think you guys will be really, really happy. But speaking of being hounded, uh, Shadow Man is probably the
2: most demanded character I think in the Valiant versus Woody, Any Shadow Man fans out there? final announcement for Tristan T's at the Valiant this week was that uh, can't reveal all the details just yet but that Shadow Man will be coming back definitively next year March 28th 2018 there will be a new Shadow Man number one on stands. As you guys know that date just passed. That's the same week, same Wednesday that we released Exo Man War Number One this year. It's a very, very, very significant date for Valiant going forward it's going to be our big, big launch spot. Wow. We just told you that you know, we put all of our firepower behind Exo Man War Number One that sold 90,000 copies, best-selling single issue of the year from an independent publisher. What we have coming for Shadow Man is just as big, and it's going to be a major tentpole for 2018. So stay tuned. Um, we'll be talking more about that in the coming months. We have for you guys today. We have time for two or three questions if anyone wants to throw one in. Sure, Janice. We have a question from Fan online. We know him. His name is Dinesh.
6: Oh, okay. He you like to know, Elliot? Do you like backwards cash shots or forwards forward? <laughs> can I take a lunging? I'm not supposed part know. of the show. Can you? Can you give us a little thing? <clears throat>
0: no, you got to go backwards, Captain. you can't. I was wondering if our CEO was watching the live
6: stream. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a very distinct look. Gentle. I like it. Hi Dimash, it's good. I'm glad you left without saying goodbye. Thank you so much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Anyone else? <laughs> yes, sir. When we last saw about the woody, the goat was getting ready to give birth. Oh, that's right. That is <laughs> that's <laughs> <not> <laughs> a <laughs> question. You are correct. I agree with
1: you. <laughs>
5: That at all, uh, I don't want to reveal what happened, but uh, but yes this is in the existing Quantum of Continuity. It's a new jumping on place uh, for, for new readers uh, but I'm a huge fan of, of everything that's been written so far uh, and uh, I would be amiss uh, if I didn't touch upon where we left off.
2: Do cool. so you have a plan? Yes. We have a good plan, sir. <laughs> that is a related questions. They are the most frequently asked questions. <laughs> One final question. Anyone? you have time? Yes, yeah,
6: my friend. Yeah. Uh, i talking
2: about style numbers. Is, is there any plan for, for any of these titles you're talking about? Uh, to the floor, or to the Red... The Red Brigade. Yes. Uh, is there a problem right here? or you have a I can't say too much. Uh, Matt? Uh, does have a lot of plans for those characters. Um, we were all very excited uh, by the creation. I think there's a lot of potential there in order to be exploring that, definitely uh, in that Cool, cool. do you have one last question, sir? Oh, okay. Thank you guys so much for coming. We appreciate you guys taking time out of your show to join us. Uh, if you go down to the booth uh, at 317, the Valiant booth, immediately after this panel, and use the password, Future Force. Okay. <laughs> right. Whisper it. Whisper it. Um, to either Adam, that gentleman back there in the black hoodie, or any of the folks at the valiant t-shirts at the booth, we have a limited edition gold comic book for you. We do not sell these. We only give them away as shows of support to our fans. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you. if you guys want
6: to see me, stop by K two. I'll chat a lot. <laughs> <laughs>